Welcome to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast, where we help you establish yourself in the perfect micro niche so you will get noticed and grow your business faster. And now your host. He hired his first full-time virtual assistant as soon as he reached the six-figure milestone, Zeev Raviv. And welcome to the Micro Niche Mastery Podcast. Hi, today our interviewee is Devin Miller, the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where you can get help as a small business owner with all your patents and trademarks, all the way from Utah, USA. Hello, Devin Miller. Hi. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure to have a fellow podcaster here on the show. You run the podcast. Uh, the Inventive Journey podcast, where you interview people, small startup owners, small business owners, about all the, the, these things related to patents and trademarks. And I want to dumb it down first, just because, you know, some people don't even know what's the difference between a trademark and, I don't know, some other things. What do, we do? What do people really need at the beginning? If you had to give like the introductory explanation of, what do you do and explain it to someone in the eighth grade as we copywriters like to look at like the sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade is like the level of understanding that is really easy to understand. How would you describe the differences between patents and trademarks and what do you actually need to do as a business owner to protect yourself? Yeah, and I'd probably just take one step back because depending on what your business is and what you're doing, it's, the answer is going to vary. So maybe as just a baseline, we can establish what is a patent, what is a trademark, what is a copyright, and then talk a little bit about kind of when you would consider them or what they're, how that might line up. So with that, if I were to break it down, patents are basically for inventions. If you invented something, you created something, whether it's software or hardware, electronic or you know anything of that nature. But if you're creating something that has utility, a functionality, it does something, that is what a patent protects. A trademark is going to be on the branding side. So if you're to think of a name of a company, a logo, a name of a product, a catchphrase, any of those are going to all be associated with branding and they're going to be protected via trademarks. The last one is going to be for copyrights and copyrights are going to be for something that's more on the creative nature. So if you're to think of a book, a painting, a sculpture, a movie, any of those type of things are all on the creative nature. And they're going to be protected by a copyright. So kind of when you're at, you know, as far as what you need for a business, a, a large part depends on what the type of business you're doing or where the value of the business is. So if you're thinking of as an example, if you are a service-based uh, business and your real value of your business is going to be on the brand and the reputation and the establishment of quality, then you're going to want to really protect the brand. You're going to want to get a trademark. But on the other hand, you're saying, no, we're really uh innovation company. We create really cool technology that's really valuable and that people are going to want. And that's the core of our business. Then you're going to go from we'll go toward more for patents for the inventions. On the other hand, you say, no, I'm a aspiring writer. And I'm going to create or write the next uh, Tom Clancy or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or whichever genre you're in. And that's where the core of your business is. Then you're going to want to copyright the book you're writing. And so that's kind of where I would start is when you're looking, first understand the different options you have for protection but then also look at where's the value, where's the core of your business, and that's where you're going to start to look to protect. I want to narrow down to like two specific industries and see where you help in those cases. And 
what uh, people need to, to know. And we'll start with the niche of online course creators. So we're talking about a situation where people can learn from you and improve their lives in all sorts of ways, but there's also the risk of someone going into your online course, maybe even getting someone to buy it and looking at it, and then uh, potentially like get, being very inspired by what you teach and teaching that same thing elsewhere. So what type of protection an online course creator can, can take? Yeah, I mean, if you're an online course creator, that's typically, unless your course is so innovative and out of the box and you do a new way of presenting the material and you had to have a software platform and you had to have different backend, which generally isn't the case, I'll assume that isn't the case. If it was the case, you'd maybe go down the patent route. But generally, as a course creator, it's much more of the, the content you create. So you're, you're basically looking as a course creator for kind of two values of your business. One is the actual content. So the videos or the written material or, you know, or however you're conveying the information, all of that information is going to fall under copyright. So if you really come up with a good system that explains it well, you have some great video courses and you're providing the content that way, you'll want to protect that actual content via copyright. So that way, all that material that you created, you can establish ownership of it. The other thing you'd look at is also as a course provider, a lot of times you're going to look and say, we're also creating a brand. In other words, there are a lot of different courses out there for a lot of topics. And a lot of people are doing different variations of courses. And overall, they have some of the same content material, but it's how they convey the information, whether they're trusted brand and everything else. And so that one, you know, as you're establishing the name of the company, the product line or the core, you know, name of the course and those type of things, you're going to be looking at a trademark to do it. So, you know, give me an example. Let's say you were going to create a financial or financial course of how to manage your money, how to get out of debt and how to do it. You know, you're going to do something similar to like a Dave Ramsey or someone else that has a, a large following of how to manage your finances and how to, you know, set yourself up for success on the financial front then all the content you created, go get a copyright on it, on the brand, you know, the Dave Ramsey brand or whatever that might be, you're going to get a trademark in order to be able to maintain this or the, the brand or the brand that you're using such that other people don't come along and use it. So in that case, that's kind of how you start to tackle it. Can you give us like this rough estimation? And I know it might be very different from one client to another, but what type of cost are we looking at to get copyrights and to maybe take a, a name of an online course or a name of your brand, a trademarked. Yeah. So if you're to take a copyright, it just said, I'll kind of quote our fees as a baseline because different firms or different law firms or attorneys can will charge different amounts uh, based on how what their what their service offering is. Typically, a copyright you're going to look at is going to be around three to four hundred dollars. You can. With most copyrights, you can include, you know, different videos or, a, you know, a good amount of the course. And so if you're having a course, you can typically include it under one copyright and you're going to be looking about three or 400. If you were to go to a trademark, trademarks work a bit differently in the sense that when you're filing a trademark, one of the things you're doing is you're identifying the goods or services you're offering and associated with the trademark. So give you an example. Nike has a trademark for the word Nike. They use Nike for athletic wear, sports gear, and apparel. They don't do anything with automobiles. And so when you're looking at it, they have a trademark for the use of the word Nike for athletic wear, sports gear, and apparel. They don't have it for automobiles because nothing with the brand associated with automobiles. So 
as you're building a brand, you have to include the categories or what we call classes of saying, here are the different types of products or the types of services we're going to be using our mark for. And so there is the government, basically, there's a governmental fee for each uh, category or each class that you're going to be using the, the trademark for, and you have to pay for each one separately. So, you know, if you're to take a standard trademark, you're usually looking, you'll have a fee to prepare the trademark and file it. And then you'll have the a fee for each category or class that you're going to be doing it for. So if you're to take ours for one or one trademark that has one category or one class, about $850 for a flat fee. If you're an add-on a second category, it's an additional $450 or so $450. So then you'd be at $1,300 and kind of so on that you're going to add kind of $450 for each of those additional categories or classes. So that kind of gives you at least an idea of the cost a little bit you're looking at. And like I said, varies a bit firm to firm and a bit different, but it kind of gives you a baseline as to what to reasonably expect. What about like, okay, so I ha- I'm an online course creator and let's say I have uh, four different online courses, all of them with a very fancy, punchy name that I really want to trademark so that no one will go and say, oh yeah, I teach you the, I don't know, skyscraper uh, SEO technique or whatever. So, sure. and I want my business name probably to be trademarked and maybe even my motto, my, my tagline that I think is unique. So if I come to you and have all these six things, these four course names, my company name and my tagline, will that mean I will probably pay $850 plus $450 for each class or do I, will I probably pay more than that? No, so you would be $850 or that class is per application. So if you had six different things, let's say you had the name of the company, you had the name of four courses, you had a couple logos or a catchphrase and a logo, for each one of those applications, you would then be paying that 850 if you had one class. And so you'd basically say 850 times six, and then you'd file six applications because each application has to be prepared separate or prepared separately. And you also have to, I guess, examine separately. In other words, once a trademark receives the application, they have to do an examination as to whether it's trademarkable or not. And they have to do that for each application. So they charge the fee on a per application basis. How long does it take? Yeah, I mean, varies in the sense that the backing up, I would say what it varies on is whether or not you're, how trademarkable the term you're wanting to get is. The biggest standard, there's a few, but the primary standard they're looking at is whether it's confusingly similar with what other trademarks are already out there. And confusingly similar basically means is, hey, if somebody were to see your brand, they were to see somebody else's brand. Would that look like, it, you know, when people think it's the same brand or the same company or the two are associated? Or would they readily understand that they're different companies or providers of that service or that good? And so when you file it, they're going to do an examination of that. So usually after you file a trademark application, it takes about six months before they start to examine it. Once they start to examine it, they look at that trademarkable standard. Is it confusingly similar with anybody else? If not, then they're going to, there's about another or one to two months of the process for them to uh, get an issue. If on the other hand, you are confusing them or somebody else is using the exact same brand or the exact same trademark for their business or something that's similar, then you're going to have to or go back and forth, argue with them and determine whether or try and work to convince them that how you're different, how you wouldn't be confusingly similar. So if you add that on, you're, you're looking at another th- around three months or so. So typically to get through the full process from filing a trademark, where you have a, a registered or an issued trademark, they're usually looking at about nine to 12 months overall. 
definitely uh, a significant time that you need to be aware of. So next, I want to talk about coaches, online uh, business coaches. And this mm-hmm. is really, really cool that you like just tell us the bottom line because uh, that's the type of value we want to share here. And I'm really thankful for that. A business coach sometimes will have a method of how to take someone in, from point A to point B and help with some sort of a transformation in their life, in their business. And they might think, hey, my method is unique. I do certain things. I have certain briefs that I send to the client. I don't teach it anywhere. So I don't have videos that I can copyright. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not really a patent that I can put out there. But how can, what type of remedy can, can a coach uh, choose to protect uh, something like his method of coaching people? Yeah. The shorter the honest answer is you're going to have a difficult time with protecting the method within which you coach because there are a lot of coaches out there to stop someone else from uh, teaching material. And I'll go back to the same thing. Let's say you were a coach helping people get out of debt just to kind of follow on the previous conversation. And that's what you're coaching on. Well, people have been coaching people on how to get out of debt for a very long period of time. And so there isn't necessarily anything within that core of idea of what you're teaching probably also the material, you know, there's some people that you reduce, you know, you reduce your amount of debt, you pay off loans, you do other things. And so the content, again, is not necessarily going to be that protectable because a lot of coaches are probably already using that type of material. So you're usually typically going to be looking primarily just the brand. In other words, you're going to get out there. How are you going to market? How are you going to sell? How are you going to show good customer reviews? How are you going to let others know that you provide a better level of service or better content. It's really a lot tied up in your brand. So that's where you would still look to as a trademark. Now, the other question a lot of times you're going to have to look at is, is it worth protecting your brand? In other words, yes, you can get a trademark on your brand, but hey, really, if you're serving this local community, and I always kind of say mom and pop shop where, hey, really my geographic location is in this 10 block radius. And that's usually who I'm working with and talking with. And that's the only place I'm ever going to do my business. It probably doesn't make sense for you to get a copyright or a trademark or anything else because you're in a very small geographic location that you can, you'd can just be worthwhile just to continue on and invest your money elsewhere. Typically, when you get into a copyright or a trademark or any of those, it's when you have aspirations and, hey, no, I'm building a brand. We're going to be online and we're going to reach a much larger clientele. Or we're going to start to franchise and we're going to teach other people how to be a coach and we're going to actually have a system set up or we're going to do, you know, I'm going to go around and do speaking tours all across the country, around the world. All of that is such that, no, you have a much bigger presence and you're wanting to protect that brand because it's not just in a small geographic location. It's not just in your city or your town, but it's all over the place. And then you're going to look for brands. So one is I would look and say, what is my aspirations? How am I going to build this business? Who's my clientele and where am I going to be at? And then two is based on how you answer that question then you'd look to protect it or protect it as makes sense. Great. One last question before we wrap up is about copy, like the words that we write in an email. So let's say we write something and we spend a lot of time in making sure that it's really nicely put. And maybe even there's like these catchphrases that we always use that represent who we are. In essence, uh, we call it the voice. Like we, we, we created some voice that is our own and yet anyone can subscribe to an email list and just be inspired in a way that even uh, looks like someone else might even 
steal our IDs, steal our copy and whatnot. So what in the world of email communication can be actually protected? So I would probably flip around or flip the question around slightly in the sense of why would you want to protect that? You know, in other words, okay, let's say you have some really catchy emails. If it's just you're sending it to your clients and somebody else uses the same emails and it doesn't hurt you, you don't really care if other people use it, I probably wouldn't worry about it in the sense that it doesn't have enough value to go after and protect it because even if somebody else were to knock it off and completely copy you, it doesn't hurt your business, it doesn't impede it, doesn't or create any issues, then while you could go probably get a copyright on some of that material, it probably doesn't make sense. Now, on the other hand, you know, what you've got sometimes is, you know, what's called a click funnel or you have a, you know, a structure of or, or very templated emails that try and get people to convert or otherwise use or buy your service or your product. And they're saying, okay, no, we spent a lot of time crafting these, you know, these templates. We spent a lot of time actually going back and forth and, and figuring that out. And so with that, then you'd probably be copywriting those emails, but it's not because you necessarily care if any one given individual uses them, but more you're selling this as a package of how you're going to actually use that information or you are going to sell it as a product or as a service to others. So that's kind of where I would step back is if it's really just, hey, I got some, I think, cool email templates. I'm going to use them internally. I don't really care if anybody else uses them because as long as I can use them, that's what I care about to correspond with the clients. It probably doesn't make sense to protect them. You're using it as a, hey, we're going to sell this as a package or we've spent a lot of time in crafting and making them beautiful. Then you'd want to um, do it as a copyright. Great. I want to thank you for being on the show and answering uh, some important questions. If people have additional questions and they just want to... An advice that is more specifically tailored to their needs. Uh, where can people find you and uh, get some support? Yeah, if people want to reach out to me, you know, as you mentioned, they're more than welcome to find out more about us on the our, or my podcast, The Inventive Journey. We're on all the major podcast platforms. If you just go and search Invent the Inventive Journey, you'll we're sure to pop up. Um, you know, if they want to reach out to me and they want to chat more about their business, patents, trademarks, copyrights, how they protect it, how they can grow it, and what they should be doing there. Um, they can reach out to me. They can go to strategymeeting.com. That links right to my calendar. They can schedule a one-on-one -on -one strategy meeting or consultation where we can chat for a few minutes about what they have going on and what they should be looking for. So if they want to grab some time with me, they can just go to strategymeeting.com. And I'm taking my hat off for securing such a wonderful link. Strategymeeting.com. You can't make any mistake on that one. And if you go there, you will get to uh, Miller IP's uh, law uh, website where you can actually schedule the free strategy session. But just in case, we will put a link to the strategy session option and to the podcast, uh, which is a really important podcast. You should check it out. We'll put all the links in the show notes of Michael Niche Mastery Podcast all the way in uh, dailycookie.co. David Miller, it's been a pleasure to discuss with you and connect with you. And I hope that we'll meet again uh, soon in positive circumstances. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. I had a great time and definitely uh, look forward to hopefully meeting me again as well. Thanks. This show was brought to you by dailycookie.co, where you can finally feel supported. Daily email love, now delegatable. Visit dailycookie.co for a collection of free resources on how to use copywriting and daily emails to grow your micro-niche business today.